Hey, it's Lori. Welcome back to another episode of Hike. Today, we are focused on the gear and tips for successful winter hiking. Here in Michigan, I've learned that you really need to be a four-season hiker to enjoy the outdoors. And whether you're cross-country skiing or ice skating or snowshoeing, all of the tips and gear that we chat about today, I think, can be helpful as you look at hiking in the outdoors during the colder months. Now, I really recommend that you also go out and learn about the 10 essentials and uh, research on some of the things that really do help you plan and prepare to be out there in the wintertime. Chris is a three-time guest of the show. She has written a book called Hiking with Hair Tie, where she talks about her section hike of the Ice Age Trail. She's a three-time completer of the Ice Age Trail in Wisconsin. So coming from the Midwest herself, she has a lot of experience being out there during the colder months, and it was great to go back and forth with her as we talked about some of our favorite gear and tips for the winter weather. So take a listen to my conversation with Chris Van Handel. I'm here with Chris Van Handel. Hey, Chris. Hi. It's so good to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about like winter hiking essentials, which, uh, you know, it's funny because I'm looking outside and, you know, I've got several inches of snow on the ground. So this is like perfect timing for me to talk about mm-hmm. the winter gear and all the necessities you need to, to be um, safe out there and have fun and uh, in the snow. Um, mm-hmm. so looking forward to sharing some, some back and forth with you on, on what you, you know, have for your top winter mm-hmm. hiking essentials. Yeah. We don't have any snow, but it's definitely <laughs> cold. I think it's only in the, um, teens today so, here in Wisconsin. So, yeah. So for listeners who maybe haven't listened to the, uh, other episodes that we've done, tell, tell them just a little bit about yourself. You've already said you're in Wisconsin. Yeah, so I live in Madison, which is um, the capital of Wisconsin. It's in southern Wisconsin. And I mainly hike on the Ice Age Trail, which is a national scenic trail all within Wisconsin. It's about 1,200 miles. And I I section hike the trail on weekends and do like week-long trips. And I'm currently working on my fourth completion of the trail. So, um, So I hike a lot. It usually on average takes me about, you know, years to complete the trail. Um, My most recent completion only took one year and three months, um, which is pretty fast, but it was, you know, during the height of COVID. So there wasn't much else going on. Um, So I've hiked, you know, I do a lot of hiking in Wisconsin. I've also hiked in the Porcupine Mountains and I did a podcast um, with Lori about that. Um, And then I've also gone to the, um, the AT a couple times. Um, I'm planning a trip to visit a friend in Tacoma, Washington this spring. So I'm going to maybe go out to like Olympic National Park or, you know, something out there. I haven't decided yet. So it's on my to-do list. So there's so much out there. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, it seems like every time I talk to you, you've completed another (laughs) 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 between my second and third completions. It happens so fast that. It did. I think, yeah, you know, because we, we did a, I think the first, first podcast was during my second completion. Um, and then, you know, I finished that and then 
did the third. So during my third completion, I also got a master's degree in that same time period. So I was either hiking, going to work full time or doing homework. <laughs> so I was glad to have it all done with. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you're back uh, now for your fourth round. And uh, like you said, even though there may not be snow on the ground, uh, it does get cold in Wisconsin and you guys do get snow. So, um, mm. so I think we have, uh, probably some, some great things to, f to talk about, to figure out, uh, some things to, to bring along or make sure we're doing when we're hiking, uh, in these winter months, which can feel yeah, definitely. pretty long. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, what's your, like one of your top items from your list? Um I would say probably one of the most important things that I always take with me are um, hand warmers and toe warmers. Um, so I have Raynaud syndrome um, so that I get cold hands and um, toes pretty frequently. I'm indoors right now and my hands and feet are cold right now. So I pretty much live with permanently cold hands and feet. Um, so I always bring hand warmers and toe warmers and I think it's something that anybody, no matter what their body conditions are like, can benefit from. So I use them right away. I don't wait in, to get into my hike. I, I put them in right away. One thing about the toe warmers, the package says to put them on the bottom of your feet, which I think is a horrible idea because I don't want to walk on that. So I put it on the top of my foot and then slide my foot into my shoes. So um, I think that's a highly beneficial item to have. And um, I don't leave home without them. I have extras in my pack and I buy them by the case. <laughs> I think, um, you know, those are some items that are also on my list. I have, you know, hand warmers and toe warmers or something that I think is essential. And they're so ex like inexpensive. I think mm -hmm. you can, you know, find them and you can find them at any like outdoors place or yeah. even like at your local, like Walgreens or CVS. Mm -hmm. they yeah, have even those. the gas stations. Yeah. Um, Quick Trip is big in Wisconsin and you can always find them at Quick Trip. I kind of think of it as more for emergency purposes of mm -hmm. just having them um, just a available because I tend to get like my hands get hot when I hike. So it's mm -hmm. kind of the opposite where then I start getting very sweaty and take off my gloves and, you know, and have to have that, um, that, you know, cold air on them. But I do like to keep them, you know, in my pockets ready to activate in case of emergency and just having them mm -hmm. in the car, like n not even for just hiking, like, you know, if you break down and you're in the cold for a little while, especially in the winter time when yeah, emergency yes, situations. <laughs> when it's a storm and they won't get to your car in maybe two hours. So, yeah. So that's, yeah, a great. And they're not, they don't weigh a lot. Um, mm -hmm. You know, usually they get a good, um you know, a few hours out of them. So definitely long enough for your hike. Yeah. And I prefer the, um, well, what is it called? I don't know if it's hot hand. I think it's called hot hands. I prefer that brand because it's like the package says up to 10 hours. And there have been times where I've gotten eight to 10 hours. You know, I don't always hike that long, but like I'll come home, you know, we'll hike for five to six hours then get in the car and drive for an hour and a half. I'll come in, unload all my junk into the house and they're still hot. So they really do last a long time. Another tip I have for those is let's say you only hike for one or two hours. They're still really good. You can take them and put them into a Ziploc bag, um, like a snack size, like squish out all the air and close them and they'll stop heating. 
and then you can open them back up, you know, days later and they'll reactivate. They won't be as hot, but they'll still reactivate and you can use them. So in the mornings I take my dog Penny to the dog park and we're only there for an hour. So I'll just use one pair for like two weeks um, because you can kind of shut them off and turn them back on again. Oh, that's a great tip. And, you know, because again, they're, um, you know, it's disposable. So trying to Mm -hmm. get as much use out of them that you can is is a good Mm -hmm. thing, you know? Yeah. You can't do it with toe warmers because they they stick. So it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't work. And then they get kind of hard after a while. They get hard a little bit faster. So it doesn't work with toe warmers, but definitely um, with the hand warmers. Okay. Well, um, one thing on my list, which I, uh, I now love to bring when I hike are, uh, micro spikes. So micro spikes for me are important because like before I get like, I have a fear of falling on the ice. I mean, I fell a few times on the ice, but mm-hmm. there's just times where you're like on this like rock or something and it's so slippery. And, you know, even with your boots, it's like this fear, like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to fall. And I don't know. It's just, it's like a mental thing. But when I first learned about like putting on some good micro spikes, it was like a whole new world open to me. I was Mm -hmm. like, I wasn't scared of falling anymore. I could like just be, you know, hiking on the trail in the winter time. And so I always keep a pair around during the the winter months. Mm-hmm. I definitely um, had that on my list too. You know, in Wisconsin on the ICH trail, we have some segments of the trail that aren't completed. So we have to walk on the road. Um, and so the road can be icy and the micro spikes definitely make it a lot easier. I keep mine in my pack all year round and that or not all year round, all winter. And then I'll just put them on if it's icy, take them off, you know, when it's not icy. Um, I've used them. In Wisconsin, we hit the most well-known state park is Devil's Lake State Park, and it's a really rocky, you're climbing up rock bluffs and stuff. And I've worn my micro spikes and gotten up and down the bluff, no problem, while other people look like they're going to tumble down the bluff because it's so slippery. So they definitely work really well. And I recommend the Catula micro spike brand. It starts with a K, and after that, I don't know how to spell it because it's weird. But REI has them. They're like $60, which is expensive, but they're definitely worth it. And they last a long time, like many, many years. So oh, that's good. I, I have to admit that I've, I went the cheapy route. I went and got some off Amazon though. I did look at the reviews and try to figure out, you know, a decent one to get. And so far, um, this is my second season into them. They're still working. Um, it's nice to come with a little case. It's a hard case and, uh, and then have some Velcro too, to help you know, keep them on to your, uh, to your shoes. So, so far so good, but, uh, I do like the idea of the Catulas. I've heard lots of great things about those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess on that same topic, you know, a lot of people talk about, um, like the step down from those would be like their yak, yak tracks. Yeah. Yak tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I personally have not tried those probably because I really am going on places that are icy. I think, um, the yak, uh, yak tracks are more for like just a little bit of slipperiness, you know, not like hard mm-hmm. ice. Yeah. I've used the yak tracks. Um, I used to run a lot in the winter and I would wear yak tracks then when I was running on the sidewalks. Um, and they're just like a coil and they don't really dig in. 
So, you know, if you're running and you just hit some ice, you know, it kind of saves you. But if you're walking and you're really walking for a long distance, the X-Tracks just don't cut it. Like, they just don't grip into that ice very well. And I still sometimes feel like I'm slipping on those. Um, the coil also wears out really quickly. Um, so, you know, they're not as durable. So, you know, if it's something that you're just going to quickly use here or there, it might be beneficial. But I think, you know, definitely go with the more micro spike you know, where you have those thick, you know, points that are really going to dig into the ice. All right. So what's next on your list? Um, let's see. So another thing that I always have with me is a buff. Um, so I usually wear a buff right away. And then if it's really cold, I'll also do like a thick neck gaiter. Um, so I have this one that it's got like a fleece inside and it's kind of um, got like a knit outside. So if it's, you know, on days when it's, um, you know, 10 degrees, zero degrees, even with a really cold wind chill, I'll, I'll always wear that with my regular, you know, thin buff just to kind of to double up. And that really makes a big difference, um, you know, to cover up your face because then you can just maybe have your eyes poking out. And, and then if it's a little bit warmer, you can take it off and I still have the other thinner buff kind of around my neck. So that's something I, I try not to leave home without, or when I do leave home, <laughs> I'm really disappointed. Yeah, that's a good, a good one because I know lots of times, um, especially in the wintertime, that wind can just mm-hmm. like totally like take, <laughs> like, it feels like it's taking layers off your, your skin yeah. and, um, and stuff like that. So having that protection, uh, that's a good idea. So I definitely need to look into, uh, a couple of different versions of those. I, I think I have a fleece one somewhere <laughs> that I try to use. Yeah, the thicker, the better. And with mine having the double fleece and then like the knit, it really blocks wind well. Whereas if you just have, you know, some of the thinner fleece ones I've used, they just don't stand up to, I mean, depending on how cold you want to go. I have definitely hiked when it's wind chills of, you know, 15, negative, negative 15, negative 20. I've hiked when it's that cold. So just got to base it on the weather. <laughs> yeah. So you need some good gear to keep mm-hmm. you warm. You know, on my list was kind of something like my neck gaiter. So, you know, it's kind of the same kind of situation. Like mm-hmm. I have a Carhartt one and it's just a really thick, you know, f- fleece item. Um, but one thing I noticed it can feel like it's like when you're breathing, it can feel like a little bit, you know, getting that <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely get that condensation mm-hmm. buildup or, um, you know, sometimes if I have both the buff and the neck gaiter, like I'll build mm-hmm. up the condensation on the buff and then I can push that down and then it's like, I still have a dry, a dry spot. So, but it saves your skin mm-hmm. and keeps yeah. you out there longer. So, right. yeah, give and take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so another thing that I always have in my pack is Vaseline. Um, I put that, um, like I use it on my lips as like in place of chapstick. Um, and then I also put it on my nose cause my nose runs a lot when it's cold. So I'll be blowing it on like a bandana. So then I'll put the, it on my nose. And then they also put it on my cheeks when it's really windy as like a, um, like a block to the wind and that, cause there have been times where I've gotten so wind burned and that Vaseline really makes a a big deal. So I get those little, there's like little tubs 
I think are like half an ounce or something. So I'll get those and just keep them in my pack. And then when they run out, I just refill them from a bigger, a bigger container. That's a good idea. Again, another skin saver. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You need those. (laughs) Yes. Um, So on next on my list, I'm going to go with the, the snow baskets on my trekking poles. So that's really helped me kind of when I'm, uh, you know, because at first I didn't even use trekking poles, but then, you know, when I started going out uh, more, especially like in the wintertime, it was like that extra stability and, and things like that. And just having the snow baskets to help. So you're not just like post holing in. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize how much that would help me in the, in the deeper snow and, and stuff like that. So that's one that I like to, to have. And, um, and I have the type of, um, trekking poles. They have like the three or four different variations you can put on the bigger rubber tips or, um, or just have the, you know, regular end, and they, you know, can collapse. So it's, it's just really handy. I keep them in the back of my car and then I can change them out. And when it's wintertime, I just add this, the, the snow baskets. You know, and I don't know if my poles came with snow baskets cause I don't have them on, but I cross country ski, which has them. And I can see how I kind of wish I had them on my poles because I'm mm-hmm. definitely sometimes sinking into deep snow. And then I have to extend my poles because it's like they're, feel too short. So I should really see if I can, if I have some snow baskets and put them on because I think it would really make a, a big difference when you're going through that deeper snow. Yeah. I bet you got them. They're probably with they're the, probably uh-huh. laying around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I would also put on my list um fleece lined hiking pants. So um I have a certain style of hiking pants and then they also come with the, the fleece lining and that really makes a big difference to keep my legs warm i couldn't imagine going out hiking in just the regular thin pants um my boyfriend jared does that he he just wears regular pants and doesn't have any insulation underneath and i'm like how are your legs not frozen so i definitely like the fleece lined pants um, and I'm tall, I'm 5'8", um, so regular size pants are too short for me. I end up having like high waters. And so I get tall pants from Eddie Bauer. They are expensive. They're like $100, but I just wait till they're on sale and then buy them on sale. Um, it's really challenging to find tall pants for women. Apparently, we're not supposed to be tall. <laughs> we're supposed to be short. But um, I recommend the, the Eddie Bauer pants by this time in the year they're probably all sold out so you're not going to find any so put it on your list for next year okay thank you because i'm i i've been thinking about different like pant situations that'll keep me warmer in the winter time um i have some um just the columbia like kind of um yes they have like their reflective heat so they're a little Mm -hmm. thicker they're like snow Mm -hmm. pants and they have the thicker um you know, fabric. And then on the inside, they have that um, silver lining that's supposed to help keep the heat in. So Mm -hmm. I try to, I mean, I'll use those not even just for hiking. Um, The other thing I've done that's similar um, or kind of not similar, but would keep my legs warm is I would, if I have a couple of base layers and then I would put my rain pants on top. Mm-hmm. So that's like my hack that I would do. Just, yeah, I used you know. to do. I used to do rain pants too. Uh-huh. Um, 
but I got tired of hearing the swish swish. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, but rain pants definitely work, and they're very good at like wind block and and everything. So yeah, that is a real. I used before I had the fleece line pants. I did um, like a base layer and then the the rain pants. So they worked well. Yeah. So if you can't get the hundred dollar pair, you can kind of jimmy something together. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's definitely easier to find rain pants all year round as compared to winter specific pants. Yes. So next on my list, um, kind of going along with my snow baskets are the snowshoes. So I didn't start snowshoeing until uh, it was probably like maybe three years ago or so I got them for myself at Christmas time. It was like my, my, uh, gift to myself so I could get out into the, to do more winter, uh, hiking. And, um, I do, I, I don't get out snowshoeing as much as I would like. Again, it depends on how much snow I have locally on the ground. Cause it's not always so easy to like take, you know, a trip up to Northern Michigan, um, where there might be a deeper snow, but mm-hmm. I think that's really, um, made my winter more enjoyable to have that, that option. Now you were talking about cross country skiing, which I would love to to get into that, but um, but until then, <laughs> I got the and snowshoes. I do, yeah, and I do some snowshoeing, but um, I would say in general, if I'm going to hike the Ice Age Trail, I don't do snowshoeing because either we're switching between road connectors and the trail, and then I don't want to be lugging them around, or um, you know the trail might already be packed down from other people walking on. So then the snowshoes really aren't necessary. And for me, I actually try to make a point of not going on the trail in the winter and doing the road connectors because for me, those are actually easier to do because the road is plowed. You know, the towns, you can park in the towns, whereas the parking lots on the trail segments aren't always plowed. Um, so usually we try to do the road connectors and kind of some of that easier to manage stuff than, than the trails um, with a lot of snow. But um, I do snowshoeing, like just kind of recreationally around Madison and, and really like doing that. Um, And for, you know, some people cross country ski on the ice age trail, but I would never do that because that's just too much work. (laughs) Like it's just the trails aren't, the trail isn't designed really for that. And, you know, you're curving and hitting other trees. And so it's yeah. more of a footpath. And I honestly feel uh, somewhat ignorant about cross-country skiing, especially because, you know, sometimes trails are groomed for it mm-hmm. and then there's not. So um, it's something, yeah, I would like to learn more about. But again, you know, it's just I can put on those snowshoes and um, and get out the door. It may take me longer, right? Like I think skiing would get there faster. but <laughs> Yeah, you definitely go faster skiing, but... <laughs> If you start to do too many winter activities, you can't get it all done. Like uh-huh. I don't get to snowshoe as much as I'd like because I'm skiing or ice skating or so <laughs> don't add too much to your interest list. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so what's next on your list? So one thing that's on my list that I, I never thought would be on my list are water containers that you don't need to have a, a hose like connected to it. So in the past, I used to have a bladder and I had my hose and I had an insulated hose so it wouldn't freeze up. Um, The mouthpiece would kind of freeze up, but in general, it wouldn't freeze up and I could use it just fine. But I got a new pack recently and that bladder doesn't have an insulated hose. So I took it out 
one time hiking earlier this winter, it was below zero and my hose was frozen within like 10 minutes. And so I couldn't drink anything. Um, so now I've started to go to like platypus type bags and um, just have those in the side pockets. Um, I have two one liter platypus bags. So I've been bringing those. Um, so that's definitely something I've totally taken out my bladder and hose until it gets to be warmer and above freezing. Um, and I, I'm not a person who usually hikes with like bottles or anything. Cause I have a hard time reaching for that and like putting it back in. Um, but it's something that I'll, I'll tolerate for the winter so that it's not frozen. That's interesting. Yeah. I was trying to think of like different like tips and tricks of like how to keep your like water from freezing. And mm -hmm. I know, uh, you could probably even put your hand warmers around them or something to like, mm -hmm. if it's really cold. And yeah, I've done that. Um, like, I think I've done all of the suggestions people have given me. Like I've posted questions on, on Facebook groups and stuff, asking what people do. And, um, I've put the hand warmer on, um, but you know, it slips off. I've put my hose like between my back and my pack so that the body heat warms it. But you know, that's not always, you know, it slips out. That's not the best solution. Some people said to blow air back into the hose and that works for the hose, but then the mouthpiece still freezes up. So uh, I've always been frustrated with it. And I just decided no more frustration going with the bags. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to to think about trying that out. I mean, right now I just have like, bottles that I keep in, in my pack. And mm -hmm. that's, I used to have a, a bladder that I would use, but for me, it was like, it just seemed like I could never get it clean enough. Mm -hmm. And so then I just got, went away from it. It was like, okay, I just can't do this. I can't keep the line clean and there's going to be gross stuff growing in here. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just, just going with the, the Nalgene's and the different type of, of, bottles but now I want to get something like softer more collapsible because mm -hmm. I think that that would be easier uh to carry yeah and it's definitely less weight I gotta say my bladder is probably not the cleanest some people would probably be disturbed but um I, I should probably clean it more than, than I do but that's probably a whole nother topic yeah, <laughs> yeah. As long as you're, you're, you know, you're not getting sick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm healthy. So I think I'm good. Okay. Well, speaking of like if keeping warm or warming things up so they're not frozen. I, um, I like those like just thin liners under my gloves. I was, you know, talking earlier about how my hands can get really hot and that I can't keep. And, and plus the kind of bulkier like ski type gloves they're great they work mm -hmm. so well to keep your hands warm but it's so hard to like function and pull things out when I have them on so I always try to have the liners that they have that go underneath and you know those are just super nice to like feel like my fingers are functional mm -hmm. you know and kind of going off of that what what's on my list is mittens instead of gloves because since I have Raynaud syndrome, if my fingers are together, they're more likely to stay warm than if they're separated. So for me, mittens work better. Um, and I've tried like the liners and that actually makes my hands colder because then, you know, it's the glove liner. So then even though my fingers are together, 
in the mitten, the glove liner is still separating them slightly. So it like, like they're still cold. So I definitely got to say I'm not very functional when I'm wearing my mittens <laughs> because my fingers are all together. When I take my hands out, I don't have anything on them. So I actually sometimes will bring an extra pair of gloves that are thinner, you know, just for like when I'm eating lunch or when I have to do stuff. So I'll quickly change my into gloves so I can do stuff and then um, go back to the mittens. And then one of the things that's so frustrating, because I guess it's part of now our, our, you know, daily life is, you know, especially if you're using, let's say an app to navigate versus, you know, compass map or just a trail mm-hmm. that, you know, is that, uh, you know, a lot of the gloves aren't functional on, mm-hmm. right. you know, on the, the glass. And then you're like, just like, I'm just trying to, to get to, you know, to check something and I can't. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, some of the liners do have the, the tips that uh, are. Yeah. Those smart things. What is it called? Cap- I think it's like smart, smart, smart yeah. gloves or yeah, sensitive. But, you know, sometimes when I'm desperate, I'll use my nose. Yes. <laughs> I'm sitting there with my phone, like pushing stuff with my nose, <laughs> but then there's Vaseline on it. So then my phone's all messy. <laughs> so it's it works when you're desperate but not mm-hmm. the best option <laughs> you're definitely not the only one out there using their nose <laughs> in the winter time i was gonna say what's next to my list is kind of more post uh hike <laughs> related items so i have a couple things to that i like to do and one is uh you know depending on how long my hike is i like to have like some hot cocoa or something in a you know like an insulated, um, mm-hmm. you know, bottle in, in the car waiting because, you know, you get so chilled. It's kind of nice to have like coffee or something to warm you up when you get back in the car. So that's like yeah. one of my, you know, essential things. Yeah. I even have started bringing hot chocolate along, um, in, on the hike, which at first I'm like, okay, now I'm going to carry this like vacuum sealed heavy bottle. But, um, it hasn't been too bad. So I've been taking hot chocolate so that after I eat lunch, I can drink that. And cause my body temperature always seems to go down while I'm eating lunch. So then I drink that and, and don't feel so cold afterwards, but um, having in the car, or, you know, sometimes I'll stop at a gas station and get something too. That really makes a difference. My car has heated seats. <laughs> so that's a huge plus. <laughs> now, can you, uh, and I think mine will work this way if I leave them on that I could start my car if I have service from my app and then have it running. So when I get back to it after my hike, it would be warm. <laughs> That's, That's kinda... <laughs> nice. I have a Prius, so that okay. isn't energy efficient. So that is not an option. <laughs> I could like put in a remote start, mm-hmm. but like that's going against the whole reason to have a Prius. So So I, but I do have, I've heated seats and a heated steering wheel and both heat up pretty quickly. So it really, that makes a big difference. What's next on your list? Um, The last one I have is also kind of uh, end of the hike or even beginning of the hike kind of thing. Um, I keep a snow shovel in my car in case we have to like shovel out a parking lot. Or um, if you get stuck, you can shovel yourself out. And then I also have kitty litter in the car so that if you do get stuck you can stick you know sprinkle that under your tires and try to give you some traction and i definitely say we had an instance where 
we were joking about, oh, we should have kitty litter. And we didn't have it and we almost got stuck. So, so after that, then we always have it in both cars for the winter because you never know what might happen. Yeah, that reminds me. I just got a car in November, a new car. So I don't have my winter like essential kit in there. And that is really necessary, like, mm-hmm. especially even though I have towing and all of those things oh, yeah. that they mm-hmm. have. But still, you know, if you can self-rescue, <laughs> get right. your stuff out. That's more, that, that's definitely more efficient and time efficient yeah. and, you know, gets you, gets you on the road. So, um, yeah, I love the idea of like keeping like a mini shovel, um, some kitty litter and some, you know, some of those uh, kinds of things to, you know, and our hand warmers. And right. warmers in there. <laughs> and I always have a, a blanket in my car. Mm-hmm. Like that's something I think my dad told me to do. Like when I first started driving, he's like, or maybe mom, I don't know. One of them told me like, you always have to have a car in the a blanket in the car, because if you get into a car accident or your, you know, your car stalls, you need to have a blanket to keep you warm. So I've always, always had a blanket in my car. Yeah. Yeah. A blanket. I've always been told that I was told that by my dad too, growing up. So yeah have a blanket in your car and uh you know that does come in handy so Mm -hmm. um and I guess uh kind of you know the very last thing that I had on my list was you know that potential like change of clothes um when you're out in you know the snow you you get wet so easily Mm -hmm. like you fall down you like pick something up you're changed you know you're sitting down to like get something on you're just like you have the potential to get that precipitation on you. And then when you get in the car and uh, it's just like, all of a sudden you're chilled. You're like really mm-hmm. chilled. It just finally hits you. So if I can, you know, if it's necessary, I like to have that change of, you know, even just the shirt, um, mm-hmm. getting into a dry shirt is like a world of difference. Yeah, I keep up an extra pair of socks in my pack too. Um, just because, you know, if you're, if my feet get wet, just changing the socks makes a huge difference. And even though it, they may continue to get wet, getting into that dry pair, even while I'm hiking really makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, and as we were talking through all of these, everyone should still have the 10 essentials with mm-hmm. them, you know, all the basics of navigation, uh, you know, something for warmth, like matches and all of those kind of things in in case of an emergency. But I think these are all like great additions to, Mm -hmm. you know, to build on from like what your basic, uh, basic list is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think if I would think about it longer, I probably could even come up with a, a few other things. Um, you know, I, I, I thought, okay, what do I always bring? And I'm sure I'm missing something, but um, but yeah, these are all the ones that I, I definitely have with me every time. So I also still have my bug net in my <laughs> in my pack. So if all of a sudden it gets mosquito-y, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might not run into that for a few more months. No, no. But if, oh. but if it's especially wet winter, you know what that means. It's going to be a really buggy <laughs> spring right. and summer. Well, so far, we have not had any big snowstorms really in Wisconsin. So, I mean, we've probably got, I don't know, four or five inches on the ground. So I'm, I guess if we're not going to get very much snow this winter, at least then hopefully the bugs will not be so bad. So, so 
what um you were mentioning that you enjoy um the the skiing and then but you also mentioned the ice skating so mm-hmm. are you doing a lot of ice skating this winter too yeah um so in madison the um parks department is really great and they have a lot of skating opportunities so they have there's a couple lagoons um that we can skate on and they have some other like rinks that they spray water on the grass and make um little skating areas um and then madison has two large um well there's lots of lakes but there's two main lakes around madison called lake mendota and lake monona and um until just recently lake monona didn't have any snow on it so um, my sister and I were out there skating. Um, you know, we skated five miles in like an hour um, because it was so smooth and just the perfect conditions. It was windy, so the wind would push us. We'd be going like six miles per hour with the wind and then turn around and be going like two miles per hour <laughs> into the wind. So, um, But now it snowed last week, I think. So um, we can't skate anymore on the lake, but the Parks Department does a great job clearing off the lagoons and stuff. So, wow, that's pretty cool. We don't yeah. um, have much uh, ice skating opportunity here where I'm at, at least outdoors. So, I would love to do more more ice skating because that was something I truly enjoyed uh, as a kid growing up and haven't had a lot of opportunity as an adult. Mm-hmm. So, it's definitely one of the things I really look forward to about the winter because I even have lights on some of the lagoons and stuff so I can go skating you know I could go skating tonight when we're done with this and they'll have the lights on and I can skate till like 8 p.m so it's pretty nice that is nice um so we've talked a lot about like all of the key things that that you should bring and I know you said that there might be like several more in your head (laughs) that you would think (laughs) of but like what um I guess if you could sum it up and kind of remind people of like what you think um, is important to remember during winter time. What would you? What advice would you give to people, like to hikers out there? Um, I would say to to really look at the weather conditions, and you know, look at how fast the wind is going, what kind of precipitation you might get, and really think about um, you know what you can manage. Don't do more than you can. Um, you know, when getting dressed for the day, you know, think about when you get started, you want to be a little bit cool. And then as you get going and kind of work up, then you're warm. So you don't want to start out warm or hot because then as you, your body temperature rises, as you're hiking, you're going to get warmer and hot and sweating. And, you know, then that's going to cause, um, you know, you to get cold then later on. So um, you want to start out cool. And then also don't wear cotton. (laughs) Because that's going to get sweaty and wet and it's not going to dry and then you're going to be freezing. So go with the synthetic materials, no cotton. Cotton kills. (laughs) Yes, that's good advice. Good advice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stay with the synthetics and then, you know, like I was just thinking as you're saying it, that's some of my problem is that, you know, I can overheat very easily 45 minutes in. (laughs) Right. Definitely layer up. Like Mm -hmm. there will be times where I will take something off and shove it in my pack or I'll put something on. So don't be afraid to have layers so you can change out what you're wearing and, um, you know, get to the right temperature. Yeah. So, so bring your pack with you, you know, like bring some, you know, that has a little bit of space so you can have, Mm -hmm. you know, room for the putting the layers, you know, back in or 
pulling out any of the things you might need while you're out there. That's, that's a good idea. Sometimes we don't think of that when we're going, especially on just shorter day hikes. Mm -hmm. Right. I probably bring a little bit more stuff in the winter just because of all the different layers and extra things I might need, you know, to be on the safe side. So yeah, don't be afraid to bring a couple extra things. So besides ice skating, do you, what's your next uh, winter hike you have? Uh, well, let's see. This weekend, um, I think we're hiking one day. I have some hockey games to go to, but um, I think we're hiking somewhere on the Ice Age Trail. Um, we haven't decided. So it'll be Ice Age Trail here pretty much almost every weekend for the next couple of months. And then in April, I'm going to Tacoma, Washington. Oh, and then in May, I'm going back to the Porcupine Mountains. Oh, so how fun. My sister and I are going to do a, a trip together. We're going to do a, a week-long backpacking trip. We've got our reservation already made. We've, we're going to do some campsites, and then we're going to do some um, some of the cabins. So yeah. Now, is fun. she uh, an avid backpacker and hiker? Um, so she's an avid outdoors person. She doesn't do as much hiking, but she is, you know, she's getting more into it and she's been coming backpacking with us. Um, she's done some week long trips with us and she's done some occasional day hikes. Um, her goal is to, to run all the sections of the ice age trail. So, um, she's been working on that. She'll sometimes come with us, but, um, she's done like a half Ironman and so a bunch of half marathons and a marathon. So, um, but the, the backpacking trip, we turned 40 this year. So we're, it's like we, every 10 year decade, we do a special mm -hmm. trip. So that's our special trip. Well, what a fun, uh, fun way to celebrate and keep the bug net handy. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'll definitely <laughs> need it. I've heard it's buggy yes. <laughs> in May. Well, thank you, Chris, for sharing some of your winter hiking tips and essentials with me. It's been fun to like go back and forth and talk about um, both of our lists and, and kind of our perspectives on, on the gear. So, yeah, it's always fun. I, I love doing the podcasts. Um, you know, it's always a good time. I wouldn't want to do a pod, like be in charge of a podcast, but I definitely <laughs> like to be the guest. <laughs> well, you can be a guest anytime you want. <laughs> Thanks again, Chris. Thanks a lot. Thanks again for listening. And I want to give a special shout out to my patrons. If you want to learn more about supporting the show, head over to the show notes and click on the link to Patreon. I really do enjoy hearing from my listeners. Please get in touch. Hikepodcast at gmail.com or you can reach me on social media at The Hike Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let me know what hikes you've been on or any suggestions that you have for the show. Look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, see you on the trail. <laughs>